Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hi everyone welcome back to the podcast i'm sam moores and with me today i have craig williams hi craig hi sam how you doing not bad not bad can you tell the audience who you are and what you do sure um, I'm Craig Williams, all-round automotive enthusiast, as some people might know. I'm one of the directors of Auto Vivendi Supercar Club, and I founded the VMAX 200 event um, 18 years ago. Wow. 18 years ago? Yeah, feels like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> long, long time. And it's changed a fair bit since then. Is, was that your first foray into the car sort of industry business? What were you yeah, doing? Yeah, I mean, I'd always liked cars. My, my dad was sort of into cars and always... You know, when we were kids, bought sort of slightly quirky things. We had things like the Wayne's World Pacer. Um, okay. We had a, a, you know, a Mercedes 190 Cosworth. So sort of quite oh, nice. quirky, different sort of cool stuff. And he kind of got me into it. Um, and then as I as I got older, I, I maintained that interest. Um, I always liked, you know, supercars are kind of the pinnacle, I guess, for, for some people. But I love classic cars as well. And um, I wanted to, at the time, there weren't really any track days that you could mm. go to and, you know, drive a supercar. There was, a, there was a danger of insurance. There were, you know, just people didn't really particularly do it. And I thought, where can I drive? I, I, I was fortunate enough to, to get a Ferrari at one stage. And mm. um, I thought, where can I drive this quickly? And some of my colleagues had nice cars. And I thought a runway would be a good place. And, and I'd been to a sort yeah. of similar type thing. And um, 
I thought, well, let's let's see if we can rent a runway. And um, we spoke to at the time Bruntingthorpe managed to to do a deal to go down there for the day. And uh, you know, when I, I now look back in kind of horror at what happened, but um, you know, <laughs> we we went there and drove quickly and and had some fun, and it was all safe and fine. You know, the event then evolved and, and that maintained my, my interest in, in cars and supercars. And, you know, I was quite prevalent at the time on piston heads, which lots of people were. And yeah. you know, then, you know, the, the rest, as they say, is history. <laughs> what was that? What was like the first, was it even, did you, did you call it VMAX? Was it even like an event? The first one? No, it no, it was just like a group of mates, you know, driving as fast as they could stupidly and you know on a <laughs> runway and you know the good thing about a runway is there's not unless you're really stupid there's not much to hit so you know we did we did police a little bit we were careful and you know we we made sure that you know you know we were we were fairly sensible should i say and as time went on it, it became known as Vmax, you know which is about kind of going as fast as you can and then the, the kind of 200 came to play in about 2010 i would say about 10 years ago I rebranded it and VMAX 200. 200 was always the, the kind of mark that everybody was going for and the pinnacle yeah. of, of performance at the time. And it's still obviously an incredibly high speed. So VMAX 200, it kind of was and is. And that was, yeah, at that sort of time, so 2010-ish, there weren't tons of cars that could do 200 miles an hour, especially on that stretch of tarmac. Yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. The first, I think the first event, it would have been a Porsche 996 Turbo did about 177 from memory something like that and you know it was quite a few events before somebody hit 200 was that a stock one or like a modified that that was a stock 911 turbo and um it was eventually a rough Porsche that uh that took the the 200 mark and it was then rough all the way for many years it was just always rough cars at the uh at the top top. They, they built such reliably fast cars i mean terrifying and many many uh, respects and then lots of other people kind of caught up you know nine excellence were quite prevalent in pushing Porsches and really thinking about the mechanics of them and how to do it reliably and safely and now you see um, you know lots of people getting involved in that scene and the tune seems to become pretty big and, you know it's really good people doing some good stuff out there. It's a really interesting space because like these cars that people are building just to go fast in a straight line I know lots of supercars you can join them and then they also go fast but like the nine excellent builds is just crazy. They, I guess they must have done nine nine six and nine nine seven. Yeah, I haven't seen any new back ones. Back in the day, that. back in the just day, these mad things with thousand horsepower or something. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, really, what, really bonkers speeds, you know. And then suddenly, once two hundred was broken, it really then forged on, and you know, it was getting two ten, two fifteen. But you know, above above even getting to two hundred is massive. But above that, it's every mile per hour is huge. You know, it's really huge. Um, How fast would a like a four five eight go at Brunting Thought before you need to? Uh, about on 170, 175, You know, and a four five eight is a very quick car. Yeah, it's quick. You know, uh, but about that, yeah. What's the like? Do people have any tricks to getting particularly quick? Is people have tried all sorts of stuff. You know, back <laughs> in the back in the early days, the noble boys used to take the rear spoilers yeah. off. Um, you'd have the guys with the you know the the Vauxhall VXRs with taping up all the shut lines and really oh, getting yeah, it as yeah. slippery as you can, like they do at Bonneville. So it's, it's smart yeah. thing to do. But, you know, people try to have it. Folding wing mirrors in was a big one that we used to, oh, we used yeah, to say yeah, that was yeah. good for one mile per hour on a, you know, <laughs> on a quick car. So tried tried everything, you know, and it's, you know, it is a bit of an art and the people that really know what they're doing in going fast, it, they really take it seriously. And it's, it's quite incredible that the boundaries they pushed, you know. 
presumably a, a number of times, no, no matter how many times you tell everyone, guys, you need to break here. There's people that don't. <laughs> yeah, there's there's always the odd one. You know, we 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 give people a pretty hefty safety briefing at the start for obvious reasons. Yeah. You know, safety is. We want people to come and have an amazing day, really enjoy themselves, enjoy their car, be able to test it in a safe environment. But, you know, we want them to have fun, but it's got to be within the limits. And one of the things is that you have to break when we tell you at the very latest, you know, and yet, you know, once a year, there's somebody who gets it wrong. And, you know, it's easy at high speeds to get tunnel vision. You know, we have big, yeah. huge brake boards. We, we do a, a slow run down the runway first so that people can see exactly where they have to break. And, you know, we tell people, we don't limit how many runs people have. So they've got all day to drive as quickly as they can and build up their speeds and get to know where they can break from. But, you know, every once in a while, somebody gets it wrong. I, look, I've got it wrong before now. Um, yeah. so, you know, I'm not too uh, big and proud to say that, you know, it's, but you, you have to take it really seriously, particularly at the speeds. You know, you can get a McLaren 720. It'll do well over 200 straight out of the box. First day you drive it, you know, it'll go straight. Aston Martin Mad. DBS Superleggera will hit 200 straight down there. You know, it's so much power. Yeah, I've I've definitely done that. Whether it's on a track or yeah, it came to one of your Vmaxes band back in the day. And yeah. your people invariably are watching the number. Like yeah. you should be obviously looking up and being aware of the number, but they're like 199, 199, and they see the brake. They're like, but if I go for a little bit further, you're like, yes, yeah. but you've now gone. 300 meters <laughs> yes exactly exactly yeah exactly yeah you've got you've got to really really watch and you've got to you know you can't defy the physics you've got you have to take it seriously you've got to break when we tell you what were you doing we during sorry carry on no i was gonna say we build in margin but you know you yeah. can't account for somebody just not breaking hardly hard enough or at the right time and and yeah i guess also that thing of people breaking hard like some people i don't think have ever broke break like hard hard yeah well in the briefing we tell them it's almost like it's yeah exactly it's like a controlled emergency stop you know and you've i think we've all you know lots of motor enthusiasts have been gone to a track day and been coached and Hmm. in the early days of doing it or the first few times you do it you can't believe quite how hard those instructors are telling you you have to break and quite how late you can leave it sometimes as well so you know it's you've got to really stand on them and, and be firm and you know sensible yeah yeah it's it's do, do lots of people come back and do it multiple times or does, yeah. is it sort yeah. of a thing that people are like, I kind of want to go and test it out and then I've take that box sort of thing. Yeah, we have lot. We have lots of repeat customers. Lots of people we see, you know, loyal customers we see at every single event who come and whether it be to see friends and it's a social occasion for them. Of course, there's the driving is it? It's a huge part, mm. the main part, but um, you know, people will come time and time again or, or they'll get a new car or they'll modify their car slightly or do something, which means they, the they hope it'll go a bit quicker and, <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it does become, and I think until you've done it, it's VMAX isn't a track day. We love track days. We do lots ourselves. We I know, talk about that later, but you know, it's not that it's a different experience. And I think lots of people who haven't done it don't understand quite how fun it can be and quite how addictive it can be. Um, of course it's not for everybody. I, yeah. I get that. I think I, I came to one oh, a long, long time ago, um, yeah. but there was, and I like sort of you know you go up and down the runway a little bit and then I was like okay cool I've been, I'm I'm not massively bothered I've driven on autobahn and driven that car fast and stuff like that but yeah. at the same time like you said it was just it's a cool event because there's always cool cars around and there's always cool car people to talk to or people that yeah. are interested in the same stuff and you can just yeah. hang out and watch other people drive at 200 miles an hour or whatever you want 
Yeah, um, we, we the social scene is big and it and it's great. You know, you'll see people who've got a modified, you know, the GTR guys or the Supra mm. guys are all a really cool bunch. Um, you know, happily chatting with somebody with a Boxster or with a Koenigsegg. You know, yeah. and it's it's that kind of level ground where everybody's just there to have some fun and enjoy their cars. And you know, there's no, you know, generally the egos are left at the gate. Generally, mm. what were you doing? Was this uh, a full-time job at the time of VMAX 200 or were you doing other stuff as well? No, I was a, uh, I was an oil broker actually. All right. I was an oil broker for about 18 years and VMAX was kind of a, a hobby that got out of hand, I guess, and became <laughs> a, a sort of hobby business. Um, the, I, I did the first one and, um, and then we did another one. And then there was, I saw something online about this kind of secret, you know, event that you had to be invited <laughs> to only. And, and it, it wasn't that it was just, I was a terrible salesperson and hadn't told yeah. anybody about it or marketed it. And then, you know, I, I kind of, the penny dropped a little bit and, you know, we put some stuff on piston heads and we've consistently kind of filled the events ever since, which we've been very fortunate to do. But, you know, we try to make it accessible to, to everybody and, and, you know, we want people to come and enjoy themselves and, you know, it's, it's just kind of grown over the years and, and, and evolved, I would say as well. And what does a, a VMAX day look like sort of nowadays? I know you, you also Well, it's, with... it's changed a lot. I mean, it's, it's changed probably to the, to the most part since I've been part of Auto Vivendi. And, you know, it's, it's funny now we laugh when we look back, but, you know, my, my business partner, Richard, um, came to our first, uh, not our first event, sorry, the first event after I'd, you know, brought VMAX into the yeah. Auto Vivendi family. And I think it was the event you were at possibly. Um, and, you know, he nearly fell over laughing that we didn't have lose. <laughs> you know, and, and now when I look back, I laugh at it as well. You know, it was a long yeah, time yeah. ago, but, you know, people, you know, having to go in the bushes and stuff. And that, but that was all part of the, the charm. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, we had some interesting catering back then. So I think what's evolved is from the early days, we had a, we had a strong safety team. That was the biggest thing for us. Mm. Um, MSS, who do all the Mission Impossible stuff and Fast and the Furious and Top Gear. You know, we got those guys in early on and they're great. They're, you know, they're the backbone um, of, of our safety program. And you ask what the event looks like. It, it's a it's a great day of fun. We have a mixture of cars, everything from a you know maybe a modified M3 or something like that up to sometimes McLaren P1s, Koenigseggs, Senna's, mm. you know uh, the, the big Aston Martin, the 177. We'll hope to see some of the other new stuff this year. Um, and it's a day of fun. There's 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 food there. There's there's a driver's marquee lounge. We we have our VMAX TV crew who film everything so that. People can watch back on the screens and there's lots of friendly rivalry and, yeah. you, know, you know, the, the, the people, the guests of the, of the drivers come and they, they see them blast off the line and then they watch the screen to see what happens in the little tussles that we have down at the end. So it's really good fun. It's yeah, a really it's cool. good fun. And then the number flashes up. You can see how fast they've gone. <laughs> exactly. And, and there's either a cheer or a sad face. It, it, <laughs> it varies. You know, you'll get some people who come and do 15 runs in a day and, and they just want that one mile per hour more and they just can't do it. So they go yeah. away and spend a fortune and come back and try again. <laughs> no, it sounds like good fun. At what point, so at what point did you start getting involved with Auto Vivendi? Uh, that was 2014. Um, yeah, I was, uh, I was looking to, um, to make some life changes, I guess you'd call them if it, you know, and it, uh, I met Richard, my business partner, and he mm. suggested that we bring VMAX in and we expand the Auto Vivendi events program, which is what we've done. And, uh, yeah, we've worked hard to kind of build the business and build the collection of cars that we've got and, and you know, make an all-encompassing member experience of access to, you know, the best supercars with amazing events and really cool social stuff and a really 
great camaraderie between club members that, that just people enjoy and, and stick with. And, and so, yeah, back in 2014 was where it all started. And, you know, the, the club's building every day from it. Can you sort of explain, give an outline of what the offering is for a, a, yeah. a random person? Yeah, sure. So, so we're a private members club. We give our members access to a, a collection of modern supercar, a collection of brand new supercars. We buy about 20 cars every year from all the, all the brands you'd expect. Members receive an annual um, daily amount, uh, annual amount of days, which they can use in the cars and an annual mileage allowance. The big change we've made is that, you know, back in the early 2000s, there were a few supercar clubs around and yeah. the big thing was points and everybody got points and it was seasonal or you had weekdays, weekends. We've yeah. just tried to strip it right down and make it as close to ownership of, a, you know, supercar ownership as we can. The one thing we found is that people got a little bit confused by the points. They didn't understand what they were going yeah. to get. And there were tiers of cars and it was lots to, to think about. We stripped it right back so people just people know which cars they want to drive. They know how many days roughly they want to use cars and how many miles they would like to do. And that's what we give them. They can use any of the cars through the collection as and when they wish. Oh, because that's a, the lot. I think the, I haven't looked at your website in, well, I looked at it today, but I haven't looked at the pricing and structure yeah. recently and broad, the point broad. system. Broad strokes from, sorry, Sam, I didn't mean to cut you short there. Broad, broad strokes from thirteen and a half thousand pounds plus VAT a year. And what does that give you for your that that? It, it, it varies. I mean, up, upwards from there, you 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 have a look at the website is what I would suggest. It gives yeah, yeah. varying tiers of uh, of days of use. Um, we've tried to tailor it so people can get exactly what what they want, and, and so that they can, you know, really understand what they're going to get. And that's what people are enjoying. The other thing we introduced last year is um, out-of-town memberships. Because okay. we found that whilst we had a number of members in London, we also had people a little bit further afield who wanted to wanted to use the use the cars and enjoy the club. But they were they were sort of slightly confused again about what they'd get. So we built in a number of set a set number of collections and deliveries on transporters. So the car arrives if you live in Devon oh, okay. or yeah. Brighton or Scotland or wherever it is, the car will just arrive there ready for you to use. Oh, that, that's that's a really cool feature because collecting a car in central London, if you just want to use it in central London, fine. Yeah. But quite often you might want to drive somewhere and then drive the car without exactly. doing 500 miles on the way there or 200 miles of that exactly. sort of thing and just have it for the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you have an out, you have a clubhouse outside of London. We don't know. We have, we have had pop-up clubhouses uh, in the past and we're looking at that again. Um, right now it's just London, but really with the out-of-town memberships and the fact that we've got access to, you know, uh, lots of different car transportation companies. So we, we yeah. do everything at cost. So it means that actually you can have a car wherever you wish. So if you want to drive to the Cotswolds for the weekend in your Range Rover or SUV or whatever it is, and you want an Aston Martin waiting when you get there, we can arrange that very easily. And it's something we do all the time. So effectively you can have the clubhouse or the cars wherever you want them. That's, that's, that seems like a really good way of doing it. Like, I know you, you have some mental cars on your fleet. I, I had a little look through and I'm just going to run, just run the audience through just a list. I'm just going to go for it. Senna, sure. Aventador SVJ, 812, a couple of DBSs, 720S times two, 488, Aventador S Roadster, Portofino, Bentley Continental, Hurricane Performante, McLaren GT, Rolls-Royce Wraith, DB11, 600LT, AM Vantage, Senna GTR, Range Rover, you've got a Range Rover, and then Aston Martin, Zagato, Shooting Brake. It's just, 
That is a list of cars right there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're really happy with it. You know, we use the setter for the for events use, so we've done some yeah. really special events that are scarring for people to use the setter. We don't use that on the road. But yeah, we're just constantly evolving the collection and constantly trying to trying to find things which will keep will excite the members. You know, um, the we've collected six Aston Martins just before lockdown, so yeah. they've been. Uh, They've been sat there and we're just starting to, to get those out and get those photographed now. We've put them on social media. So, you know, we're just, just trying to find fun, cool, cool cars that people want to drive. The Bentley GTC. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a really lovely car. And some people will always have their favourites. Some people want to try everything. Some people want to try before they maybe buy one. Lots of our members own supercars. So it's not just a, we're not intended to be a replacement for supercar ownership. We, we are intended to complement it, which is, mm. is how it tends to work. Yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. Like, do do people use your service as a way of checking out all the cars and then buy yeah. one, or is it you get a mix of people that decide they don't need to spend the money on one and just rent one? A, a bit of both, you know. Quite quite often, you know, people have people have have joined to try the cars. You know, Mercedes SLS was a case in point. Actually, a few mm. people joined wanted to try that before you know laying a big chunk of uh, chunk of change on that. We've had a number of members bought the new Aston Martin DBS Superleggera, and yeah. I think six members bought DB11s when they first were launched. So, you know, members definitely come and, and try the cars and find out which one they enjoy, and maybe buy that as their preferred car they keep at home but they can still use the club to try everything else yeah yeah, yeah. they might not want a bright green lamborghini sat in their drive all the time but it's nice to have for a weekend once in a while it's it's always been a really appealing concept concept for me because owning cars is really expensive yeah. and even if you even if you bought a new let's say you bought a new middle of the range bmw or something yeah. you are losing ten thousand pounds in that first year yes like it's going out the window yeah, so if you were considering, right now. yeah, and for your, you could join a club like yours and okay, it costs a, a bit more money than that, but yeah. you were then driving a supercar for a number of days a year. Yeah. Any, any idea what that number of days is? Is it like 10? 15, yeah, well, I can tell five. you right now. I'll just put it up. We've just, we've actually just, we've just amended our, um, our memberships actually. So a silver membership, which is um, our 13,500 yeah, yeah. plus VAT, that'll give you a thousand miles and 20 days of car use. Okay. So, you know, we've, we've tried to, to build it in and then going up gold is 1500 miles and um, 30 days of car use. So, you know, and that's 18,000 plus VAT. So we've tried to, we've tried to keep the numbers sensible. You know, there, yeah. there's obviously always going to be a cost to driving supercars, whichever way you cut it. Yeah. We've tried to keep it to a point where it's, it gives our members a good amount of car use. Um, yeah. But, you know, it keeps the club sustainable. Yeah. And, how, and that's quite well. How on earth? I mean, I guess you just work it out, but like, how do you work out how much a car is going to cost you guys? Because... Surely that's very difficult in terms of you, you buy them new and then, yeah. or I'm guessing most of them are new. And then we you... pretty much buy everything new. Yeah, pretty much. We get the odd demo cars sometimes, but you know, usually it's new and spec by us. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the, we keep, Richard, my business partner keeps a very tight eye on the metrics. You know, he's, he's watching it all the time. And sometimes, you know, we know exactly when it's time to move a car on, but it's difficult to say supercars depreciate a lot. There's no other way of putting it. You know, yeah. they, they do. So we, we have a, a rough idea of what cars are going to be worth. We've, we've built up, you know, we doing this 15 years now, the club's yeah. been running 15 years and, we've got a good gauge on, on what the cars will cost to run and how we can run the club and give the members the, the mileage and the use they want, but still be able to make some money, which is of course, we are a business. 
Yeah, because you don't want to buy a new car that's 200 grand that loses 100 grand a year and you haven't even driven it that much. And you're like, oh, no, okay. exactly. And, it, and that is something we, we hear on some of the bigger, chunky cars. You know, people have maybe only driven 20 or 30 days a year. And it's, you know, the, the costs are, are fairly significant when you look into it. So, um, but like I say, you know, we're, we're, what we're trying to do is uh, not steer people away from buying cars. You know, it, it's to, to complement supercar ownership and for all for people with high-end cars they can still enjoy the club and enjoy all the different you know um social benefits as well as having this big collection of cars which they can they can enjoy um, yeah you know, we we've had you know just coming out of lockdown now and members are just just starting to use cars just a little bit in the course of their daily daily business and you know it's really nice to see that people are enjoying the sunshine and you know it's clearly been we've been very cognizant that it's been a terrible time for lots of people and yeah. we've been very yeah cautious about uh, you know we we of course observed the lockdown and observed the rules and, and put the club on hold for for the whole time which has been you know a, a, a tricky time you know for any as it has been for lots of businesses but you know it's it's nice now that we can just start to ease back into it and at least get some get some of those new cars photographed and you know yeah. start to start to think think about the new normal if you like yeah 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 what are the most popular sort of car what are the most popular cars it varies it varies in the summer, obviously convertibles. People, people love those. Um, over the past year, I would say the Aston Martin DBS Superleggera, really mm. popular, especially now we've got three Valantes up here right yeah. now. So they're, they're really popular. McLaren's amazing, wonderful cars to drive. You know, you've, you've driven them on O and you know, 600 LT spiders, a fantastic bit of kit. Lamborghini, the Urus was really popular. We've had two, we've got another one coming soon. The SVJ Roadster's coming, which we're pretty excited about. You know, the, um, the big boy. Um, I think the, you know, the, the DBS Superleggera has been really popular. The Bentley's GTC is, is becoming popular now. We've, yeah. we've opened it up for use. Um, and Urus for, for those people who want to, that kind of supercar experience, but in a bigger car, I know it's not to everybody's taste, but it's a, it's a, it's a hell of a bit of kit. Yeah. And I think it's, it's a perfect opportunity. Like I just want to try out all these cars. Like I would yeah. just like to just drive them all for, half a day, half an hour, whatever, just yeah. to see what they're like. And I, I guess yeah. most people feel like that. Does, yeah, yeah people, some- people love it. And particularly, you know, we have some members who will try things back to back. So maybe a 720 back to back with a 488. Oh yeah. That's you know, a, it's that's- a real, it's that real top gear experience, if you like, you know, that you, you, you can do. Yeah. I like that. Have you got some building work going on? Yeah, I, I'm still working from home, as you might have guessed, by my little my little home office. And uh, yeah, my uh, my neighbour's doing something next door. Nice, nice, nice. Um, and then when you're ordering the cars, so you've done, or your business partner, you've done all these calculations on roughly what's the cheapest, most effective cars to buy for your business that work. Um, we, do, we don't look at it that way. We typically buy one of everything, supercar-wise. Yeah. Um, you know, we'll, we'll pretty much buy every McLaren, every Ferrari, every Lamborghini, every Aston Martin. We've got a Rolls Royce Wraith at the moment, uh, yeah. which is pretty popular. We've always got a Range Rover in case members need it. And we'll get, you know, things like the DVX will be a big one for us. You know, we'll get a, one or two of those because it looks set to be a very popular car. It's going to be a great bit of kit. Um, yeah. But no, we don't look at it when we're buying. We don't look at it from that point of view, really. We don't look at the, the cheapest, most affordable. We typically get one of everything. And, and, and I guess you're... Because you've got all these members, you're not. It's not a specifically like I, someone is coming to rent out this. It's your members have a fleet to choose from. 
Yeah, we call it a collection. Yeah. And yeah, we, we you know we do, we talk to the members. You know, we've got a we've got a little WhatsApp group, and we, we we speak. We see our members all the time. You know, they come to the clubhouse for a coffee or whatever, and yeah. you know we'll have a chat about what's coming up with the new cars. And you know, if there's something that we sort of tend to know because our members are like us in many respects they want the same things we do they'll want the new mclarens they'll want the new aston martins and you know we know that you know it's uh we just have a, a feel of what to buy you know you you see that you see the launches and you we know it inevitably we'll get one and have you driven all the cars yeah yeah, yeah. i haven't driven the gt the set of gtr actually we okay. haven't really used that yet we were, we were set to do look at some track experiences this year but Clearly, with what's happened, we haven't been able to. So, haven't driven that, but no, I've driven everything else. I think, uh, yeah. The- what's some some standouts? What are your favourites? I think McLaren Seven Twenty is always a very exciting car to drive. Mm. You know, but some people say talk about McLaren and say there's no soul or you know whatever, but it's a great car to drive. You know, the the, the feel through the steering is amazing. I love the. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I keep banging on about DBS, but I do love that car. Yeah. It took me a while before I drove the Vantage, actually, when that came out. And I've grown to love that car. It's, yeah. it's you know, we've taken it to Ascari, we've done VMAX days, and it's just such a an all-round punchy little thing. So I've grown to love that car. Always something special, sat behind the wheel of a Ferrari and seeing the yellow horse. You know, yeah. that's, that's always something I grew up with, wanting to... to I'm not the biggest fan of the 488, it has to be said. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great car, but it's not, you know, that's a personal thing. Um, although I love the 812. Um, yeah. It's a little bit of insanity. Um, <laughs> Madness. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I love them all. You know, there's, there's a real experience in driving an Aventador. Okay, yeah. it's, it's a bit agricultural now compared to the double clutch cars, but, you know, there's a real experience, uh, you know, in driving something so big and unwieldy and, you know, it is a flashy car, you know, there's no getting away from it. And, uh, you know, so that's quite an experience. And then you've got the V10 and the Huracan is, it's just intoxicating to hear mm-hmm. that, that, that wail that you get from that, like an old Formula One car. So yeah, I like them all for different reasons. It's like choosing your favorite child, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's the thing is if you've got the option of driving a bunch of different ones, you can appreciate them for the thing that they're good at. Like an Aventador sounds amazing and is that like kind of hilarious Lambo experience of being a bit shit, but also sounds amazing and, <laughs> yeah. like, and like performance and stuff. But you don't have to buy it and that be your one only car to drive. And I think yeah. that's, I have a problem, I think, when I look at a lot of these, these cars, it's like, oh, okay, would I buy that as like a one sports car? And it, yeah. invariably the answer is no. And then you kind of just, I think a lot of people, and I do it as well, you just sort of go, nope, never even going to think about that. 
But if you get to drive something for half an hour and then just give the keys back, you can enjoy it for that half an hour for the thing it's good at and yeah. not sit in town in the event store or whatever, or whatever it is. Yeah. Don't do the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Most, I mean, most members take cars for a day or longer. You yeah. know, we do have some who take it for an afternoon, but usually a day or longer, but it's exactly that. It's, you know, we had a member had, he's a Lambo man through and through, really good driver, really mm. cool guy. And he had the DBS Superleggera last week. Yeah. And he said, look, it's, it's not, you know, it's not what I would normally go for. I loved it, but I'm going to go back to Lamborghini. So every car's not for everybody. Although he had a great time with it. He took his wife and his family out and mm. roofed out yeah. amazing experience, but he's probably not going to buy one of those cars. Equally, we've had members who've exactly the point you've made. They've loved taking the event all for the day and, and, doing you know just feeling like a rock star for a day but they don't really want to try and fit one in their garage every night yeah. you know it's 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 a personal thing to end okay looking at the different brands which are some like massively unreliable are they all pretty good have you had problems with certain brands or i think modern supercars modern supercars have become very reliable you know back in the day you know I had a Ferrari 348 and it was, uh, you know, I loved it. It was a mm. super special thing to me. Um, but, you know, it did, it wasn't without its quirks. Modern supercars, generally pretty reliable. We don't have massive problems with any brands. You know, um, I think the early days of the, sorry, excuse me, the early days of the McLaren 720, there were a couple of little issues, teething problems, um, but they jumped straight on it. You know, they, they fixed them and, you know, they're, they're a good bunch of guys down there and, you know, so with any car, you'll you'll get the odd thing. It might be a little glitch with a battery or something like that. But yeah. no, significant problems. No, we're we're pretty lucky with them. And you know, it's 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 another reason we occasionally get asked if we'd have classic cars. That was going to be one we, of my questions. I, yeah, well, I, I personally love classic cars. I love everything from you know, sort of the really older stuff to sort of eighties, you know, that sort of yeah. era. But the problem is, is that you know they aren't reliable there's yeah. no way around it you can maintain them as well as you want to and you know we have lots of members who own classic cars and they're beautiful things they're amazing when you want to use them and when they work but you can't i couldn't happily put somebody in uh, an e-type jaguar and let them drive yeah. to scotland um whilst i think it's one of the most beautiful cars ever made you know it's it, for me it would that would be a risk to me that they're going to be calling me from the side of the road yeah yeah <laughs> and, and i guess if you start having cars like that you have to have a proper workshop on site just, yeah. just t- you know, our operations team are fantastic they're we call them special ops um mm. they're they're really cool they they know the cars inside out they you know they're the ones that if a member calls and says i can't get the rear windows down on them yeah whatever it is you know they'll know like that what the what the trick is or what it is so they they just know but you know when you're getting into the the bigger mechanical issues that's that's something that we're not equipped to to take on and yeah. nor would we want to. yeah yeah Okay, so that's but that's like old cars. What about just what are now being started to sort of consider iconic newer cars? So okay. like two thousand, like I don't know, nine nine seven GT three RS, Speciali, uh, yeah. these sorts of cars that lots of people look at and go like, "Ooh, that's amazing! I'd love to yeah. have one of them." Yeah, we, we've we've looked at it. It's it's something we've certainly looked at in the past. Um, you know, things like for me, McLaren SLR maybe or something like mm-hmm. that. But the problem is, yeah. again, it's not so much reliability. It's more, if something goes wrong, who are you taking it to and how quickly yeah. can they fix it? So it's, it's the reason we, we, we did go through a, a phase about five years ago. We bought another supercar club 
that had a few cars left on their, mm. their collection. And we used those for a little while. We called them modern classics. So it was things yeah. like a manual gated 430 and yep. Giardo and, and, you know, 997 GT3. The issue was they didn't really get used. They didn't get used very much at all. And I think if you look at somebody who maybe uses cars with us seven, eight times a year, yeah. They're typically going to start at the top and work down. They're going to use an Aventador or SVJ. They're going to use a 720, an 812, a DBS. That's four straight away. Then they're going to maybe want to revisit one of those again. Then they're going to want a weekend in the race or, you know, yeah. do you see where I'm going? And, and those cars just never really reach the point where people use them enough to make them viable in the club. Yeah, that's that totally, I get that. And also because you're, you're always getting the newest kind of best, coolest things. Yeah you're refreshing your fleet so often that there yeah. are always these new cars. There's always something new. Yes. Yes, absolutely. The 600 LT, case of 600 LT Spider, we, we just put some photos of it out yesterday, a black one. Mm. We got that, I think, back in uh, November, December. But we had all these other cars, so we started using those. We've only just really got that out being used now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just the most incredible car. It looks beautiful. And you know, it, the cars are coming, they come so fast. I think we've had 10 new cars <laughs> this year already, bearing in mind we've essentially been stopped for two months of this year. You know, it's 10 new cars already and there's more to come. So um, I think, you know, we, we sometimes we can't keep up and neither can the members. The uh, collecting a new car experience must be slightly getting a bit old now. <laughs> it's, it's always special. It's always, you know, it's always a real experience. And we try not to be blasé or complacent about it because, you know, it's a huge thing for anybody. We try to involve the members in that experience when we can. Okay, and okay. even inspecting sometimes of the cars. You know, yes, we've done lots of them. You know, Richard far more than me, but, you know, I, I've certainly done my fair share. And, it's, you know, it's it's always exciting pulling the, you know, the, the silk sheet off and, and looking at the car for the first time, especially if you, maybe you've spec'd it, like with the yeah, setup. Yeah. You know, we, that was a long thought process. And, you know, I have to say, it was all Richard's hard work in, in deciding on that colour scheme. Pulling the, you know, the, the when George Farquhar at McLaren pulled the covers off that, it was yeah. really amazing, really amazing um, to see it for the first time and, and kind of look at Richard and say, oh, you did know what you were doing. Well done. <laughs> um, have, you ever, you know. have you ever had the cover pull off and be like, nope. Um, like, uh, no actually no. no no it's always it, it, of course there's preference in colour and spec and that's a personal thing but no never never there, there's some there's some cars I'm perhaps less excited about we had a Porsche GT3 RS mm. which was unbelievable it, to drive that car it was so special and we had an out of the scar for people to use and it was amazing but here in London it didn't really get used very much um, yeah but I think some some cars, whilst they're fantastic drivers' cars, they don't necessarily get used all that much. So it got a bit overlooked. And not that I didn't like it, but you know, it's it just wasn't that been, popular. No, and I've, I've always been a Porsche man myself. I've I've, I've always loved Porsche. But uh, it's interesting that isn't it? It's like I I have a nine nine seven RS, yeah. and I don't use it that much. I love it, and when yeah. I do drive it, but I. I, I make sure it's a, I'm going somewhere ideally with a nice road and yeah. use it for that. But I'm not just driving around town in it. Like I just, it's not, that, that's not how I get enjoyment out of that car. Yeah. It's kind of an experiential car, I guess that yeah. you, you need to take somewhere for a reason and drive it properly. Yeah. yeah. Rather than just go cruise. Although yeah. having a roof down is, is, is one of the best things ever, isn't it? I miss oh, it's lovely. A it's down. a really, really lovely thing. I, you know, it, you know, it's, it's a really special experience. Everybody loves that. 
Mm. Most people. Some are, some are coupe people. They don't, but yeah, most yeah. people. <laughs> and then you drive a McLaren where the convertible is very, very similar. The, yeah, um, yeah, it is. I agree. So you do events as well for your members. We do. do what are some of the sort of interesting things you've done? Or the most so so we, we, do t- we do events in two ways, really. As members of the club, there's a series of complimentary events which are part of life and part of your membership. Mm. So things like we have clubhouse parties a few times a year where we turn our clubhouse into a little nightclub full of supercars and have a full bar and entertainment and all that kind of stuff and food. and It's really good fun. Um, then we do days, we get invited to days by manufacturers. Um, Aston Martin last year did a mind-blowing day at Silverstone where two days after Alex Albon had come fifth in his first race, he was driving our members, giving hot laps in advantage. Oh, that's cool. Um, which was, and then they got to drive the cars as well, you know, and stuff like that that you could never get if you weren't a member. I mean, other people could get it, but we offer to our members. And we do yeah. loads of those kind of things, which are just part of your, your life with the club. Then we've got a formal events calendar, which is open to not just members, but other people that we know or, or come to us. Um, and that's things like um, a 200 mile per hour challenge where we coach people up to 200 miles per hour on the runway in a similar style to the VMAX, mm. but they have an instructor with them and they use our cars. We do experiences at Ascari, which is the, the legendary race resort, which is all the corners are built to emulate F1 circuits from around the world. Um, really mind blowing. And they get to drive 10 of our cars there back to back. We'll be there at that's the end sick. of this year. We're about to announce a special event there. So that's really cool. You know, back to back driving four laps in each car, 40 laps in a day and all the other stuff that's around being in Ascari and the hills in Spain is beautiful. Um, we also do own car track days where we take people's cars to Ascari for them to drive. It, it kind of goes on. We've, we've got across Iceland in super Jeeps, which is really amazing. Um, you know, just, just really a real winter adventure with a difference. Yeah. And we just try to do, we try to, do things which not many or nobody else does or not many other people do and, and do them in a really special way with an emphasis on on the driving. That's the focus, but the whole lifestyle around it and the camaraderie and the social aspect and big group dinners and fun and a few drinks and all those other all those other cool things. So, you know, if it's based around motoring loosely, we'll we'll do it. We're gonna do an American road trip next year, go to mm. the Concorde Elegance and drive muscle cars across America and nice. We just, we just try to dream up this. Well, we try to dream up cool things we want to do, and then <laughs> the members come to them. So. The members come along as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very lucky. That sounds like a great, great way way of going about it. Do you have any sort of standout events, like car world events of the year that you like going to? Always love Goodwood. It's a really nice occasion. Um, having gone to Pebble Beach Concours um, mm. for the last two, two or three years, won't go this year, obviously, but um, for the last few years, that's that's really special. That whole Monterey Car Week is is really mm. standout as something that's that's really cool. I love the UK stuff. The UK, you know, the, the Hampton Court Concours, and I know they do it in the city. I haven't been to that one, but um, Salon Privé, you know, really, really wonderful, very elegant event. You know, I... I I love all these little little quirky things that people put together and, and just do it in such a stylish, professional way. Really, really cool. But uh, Yeah, every now and then I'll see another one that will happen and I'll only find out about it, which really annoys me, like on the day. So yeah. there was the Heaven, Heaveningham, Heaveningham. Oh, yes, I yes. That one, like, yeah. concourse last yeah. year, which I think is the Foxton's guys. And they, that I remember just seeing in the morning just some pictures of like this event, in, and I think it's in Norfolk, and you just look, wake up and you're like, 
oh, there's the most unbelievable selection of cool shit in one place. Yeah. Why didn't I know about this? I want to go. <laughs> well, and given you're immersed in the car community, why did you not know? I know. Well, I, I, know do, I don't think I knew about that until, uh, until you know, the day either. So yeah, happens sometimes. <laughs> Has anyone ever bought a membership as a gift? Yeah. Yeah, we've had membership several, well, many times actually. Uh, bought for you know fiftieth birthday presents, fortieths. Nice. Uh, um, we've had it had memberships. High end house builders when they've they've sold you know really high end luxury properties have gifted memberships. Really? So you know, it's wow. yeah. I mean, we we obviously have to be careful who who joins. You know, we want you know really cool, sensible people. All of our members do a day with one of our police instructors at the start. Okay. Yeah. Um, really cool day out driving in the countryside and just pick up a bit of police roadcraft. But mm. just, we take our social responsibility quite seriously. The fact that we're putting people in, you know, weapons effectively. Yeah, um, and, you know, we want people who are going to respect them, enjoy the cars. We know people will enjoy them and drive them, you know, swiftly occasionally, but we want them to, to do it safely and with, you know, good social responsibility. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we are a little bit careful, but it answers uh, your question. Yeah. Several times people have been brought to, bought them as gifts and you know their their That's minds cool. are usually typically blown particularly sometimes when they come to the club not really know what it is yeah and they walk in and see all these cars and then they're told they're gonna have access to all <laughs> them. Like, yeah that that must be pretty pretty cool yeah um, how do you vet people that must the, be difficult memberships by application it is difficult um you know generally members are members are kind of you know proposed by other members which is always a, a great indication and we don't yeah. usually worry then or you know we like to meet people first and have or speak on the phone a few times you get a good feel for people you get a good feel for people and, and who they are and what they're about and you know but we we see we've been very fortunate we've only generally attracted you know cool, sensible people who just want to enjoy life, enjoy their life around the cars, meet other pe- people that have a similar sort of, you know, mindset. So generally we're pretty lucky, but yeah, we get, we get a good feel. There's the odd, there's the odd person that we, we kind of have the, have the chat that maybe the club isn't for them, but you know, it's, it's, <laughs> that's, that's pretty extreme, but it's not, it's yeah. not something that's happened more than once or twice maybe in, in many yeah, years. Yeah. Are you going to, have you had any electric cars? Do you have any plans to get any electric cars? Uh, not pure electric. We had an i8 for a while. Oh, okay. back in the day, there was a Tesla Roadster when the Tesla Roadster oh, okay. came out. Um, that was a bit before my time. But yeah, an i8. We've got the pod point charging system, which, you know, we've got if members, a number of our members have got Teslas and i3s yeah. and i8s. Um, so we're not adverse to them. Um, but no, it's not It's not something we've we've raced into. Yeah, yeah. And Although I did like- actually really enjoy driving the i8 personally. I thought it was a good car. This, I guess, and then... Well, when the I guess the Tesla Roadster comes out, yeah. God, God knows with that. Yeah. I guess that will potentially be on the list, but yeah. we don't even know when that's going to come, do we? So no, exactly. And, you know, it's uh, yeah. With Tesla, you, you just never know. It might appear next week or in ten years. You just never know. <laughs> what's what's what part of the job drives you out of bed in the morning? Um, I love dreaming up the events. I love hmm. thinking up the events. I, I like I like the whole process of the concept or the little embryo of an idea of something that might be cool to researching it, to going to look at the venue, the Ascari supercar track day is probably mm. a case in point going to see that and envisaging how cool it could be and looking at the hospitality areas, of the pool and imagining the guests there and just right through to planning it, to selling it, to actually having the, the guests there enjoying it and, and, and seeing the smiles on faces. I guess that's, that's a bit cliched, I guess, but it is that's, <laughs> that's the reality of it. And, 
you know, also, you know, I'm really, really lucky. I, I never take for granted the fact that I, I walk into work, I walk into a clubhouse full of the best cars that people would, would dream of just coming and, and photographing sometimes or seeing, you know, and, and you know, I, I have this job which enables me to be around them the whole time and be around people who love cars and love the experience of driving them. So it's, it's those, those two things I would say. They're what, what kind of drive me, push me yeah. on. Yeah, it's super cool. The, I think the thing I love about doing this and doing what I do is you just get to meet some mental people. And like yeah. some really interesting random people. Yes. That's one thing about the car world, isn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. We we have our we have our big gates to our clubhouse, and they're obviously closed for security purposes. But every once in a while, we'll be moving a car in or out, and you'll sometimes get somebody just wandering by who'll come in, and you know he was kind of Pink Floyd's manager, or <laughs> he was, yeah, yeah, something utterly yeah. bizarre, the founder of MTV, or it's somebody who's into cars. And the more you delve and have a coffee with them, you discover that you know they've got. 50 cars parked in yeah. an underground basement around the corner that you never even knew existed. Stuff like that's cool. There must be so many amazing garages and places like snuck in around London that just, yeah. you walk past and you, you never know. Yes. That there's this. Yeah, exactly. Cars exactly. In there. Or, or you, or you meet people who've just, you've never even heard of. You've just got the most wonderful collection of cars and they're, they're really cool, humble, nice people who just love cars and have been collecting them for years and just have not even necessarily supercars or hypercars you know but just really cool stuff yeah 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 hey, that's always interesting isn't it you meet a random person you're just chatting they seem like a nice person and then you're like oh you've ooh, you've got that that's that's nice you've got that is a cool car and like yeah. just the coolest stories and interesting people yeah no it's it's all good fun right well i normally wrap these up with five questions are you ready Oh God, should I stand by? I'm sitting there. Hit me. Okay. Do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey? Yeah. Um, when I got engaged, I used to have a, um, a Porsche 911 Supersport Targa driving uh, along the coast road in the south of France. Newly engaged fiancé, fast asleep in the seat next to me, roof <laughs> off. And I looked across over the coast and there's a helicopter tracking me and taking photos. Oh, sick. And we stuck together for a fairway and it was probably that it was probably five minutes but yeah. it was utterly mind-blowing and i smiled for a week afterwards nice. i'd still love to know who it was and what the photos looked like yeah yeah and see the cool. picture but yeah that no that sounds that sounds very very cool next question five car garage unlimited value oh um porsche carrera gt ferrari 288 gto uh dbs superleggera volante because i like yeah hair-blowing. Oh, last two, five cars, yeah? Yeah. Which McLaren one F1. Oh, yeah. Red 05 Turbo, the original wide body. Oh, one. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice mix. That would probably do it for me. Right, if you could only drive one car for the rest of your life and you're allowed like a 500-pound beater on the side to put kids' luggage in or whatever. Carrera GT, Porsche Carrera GT. Have you driven yeah. one? I have at Ascari. Not nice. quickly, but... Just the experience of that car, the sound of the V10, how quickly it fires and the throttle response. It's just, I just love that car. It's I a cool, cool, cool car. Yeah. What do you think is uh, an undervalued, what's the most undervalued car at the moment? Oh, that's a tricky one. Um, the most undervalued is a tricky question. I'd say there's a few things like Ferrari 355s, you know, mm. manual 355 coupes that could probably go pretty nuts. 
I think McLaren SLRs, Mercedes McLaren SLRs, probably still a bit cheap for what they are. Yeah, they've um, sort of been sitting at sort of 200-ish, haven't they, for yeah. quite a long time. Yeah, yeah, I think they could have a way to go. And then I think there's, you know, there's almost, I think the 911, 911s have kind of gone nuts for a few years. They're perhaps softening a little bit now. The most undervalued car, God, that's a tricky one. I wish I'd researched this one. <laughs> yeah, I'd say some of the Ferraris. I mean, things like, for me, things like Ferrari 456s are pretty cheap at like around 40 grand. Yeah. They, they seem pretty sensible. You know, there's a, there's a few things like that, 308 GT4s. You there's know, a lot still of have... value in those sort of older Ferraris. For me, it's the 355. That's the one I think yeah. wasn't really around yeah. before that. But I sold mine for £29,000. <laughs> you can't really look back at I know some people like go, oh, I should never have sold this. It's like, yeah, but at the time you made a decision, you've had, yeah. You wouldn't be where you are now. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I was very lucky to have it at all. Um, you know, it was uh, it was a long time ago. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Somebody Last question. What's the most interesting car to you at the moment? Most interesting. Um, I'll be interested. To, uh, oh, I think actually the Aston Martin Valhalla. I know oh. the Valkyrie is the big one. Yes, and I know that's going to be absolutely mind-blowing. But I think the Valhalla is going to be really cool. Oh, I yeah, love the looks. It's their first mid-engine car, I think. And I just think that's going to be a really fantastic bit of kit because they, they've got to really nail that, and I think they will. Is that the the sort of normal supercar level one? <laughs> normal, but yeah. like, the, is well, that the 200 grand or is no, that I think the it's 500? Sort of 800. I think the, there'll be the Vanquish, what was the Vanquish concept? Yeah. Will be sort of regular supercar money. Yeah. Uh, which is obviously increasing yeah. all the time with all the brands but um i think the, the valhalla at sort of it's about 800 so it's an expensive car but um i think i think it's 800 plus that does the engine not put you off the, it's a it's a v6 v6 is turbo or something yeah i i i think if you look at the ford gt that's been pretty cool with a v6 cool but it doesn't um, sound that good no maybe not maybe not i I mean, Aston do make nice semi cars. I th- I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, they do. Uh, I'm confident they've got some idea what they're doing. Let's see. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully. I, I think the the baby that comes out, the 200. Yeah, baby. But like that car, I think will be really damn cool because it, yeah, that, it, it, that concept was pretty. And it it seems like it will look very similar to the more expensive versions. Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah, but be like yeah, an eighth does. of the price. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think I think they're doing some cool stuff. But they I mean, are. all all the brands are, are pushing on pretty hard. I think you know, and cars are getting so fast as well. Really, so really. fast. Yeah. You know, I dread to think what the seven six. I'm not dread to think, but you know, the seven six five LT. <laughs> I've never driven a McLaren seven twenty and thought, only oh, it had a bit more power. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I, I I still haven't driven a seven twenty, but I remember six fifty to six seven five LT. I didn't necessarily get in a 650 and go, this needs more power. No. But I got in a 675 and was like, this is just a much better experience. Yeah. And yeah. Um, like I've driven a Senna as well. Yeah. And that, yes, has stupid amounts of power. Yeah. But is really raw and really involving. Yeah. So I get it. Like it, it is an interesting, it's an interesting car to drive at 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Because it's mad. And I think yeah, set, set around Nascari is just shattering. It's um, particularly if you do it back to back with the 720, which is already very yeah. accomplished, and then you realise the Senna is just you know the next step. 765 is going to be really, really impressive. No I doubt. Think, I think it will be 
it's going to be mad, isn't it? It's going to be very similar to your center, right? Uh, you'd sort of think. Yeah, I think it probably better. will. I love the way it looks as well. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. When, do, when are those arriving? Do you know? I'm not sure now, oh, nice. actually. I, I need, it's, it's one of the questions, actually, we're, we're looking at for a customer today um, is when, when they're coming because obviously everything's been a little bit delayed. So not sure. So not, it shouldn't be too long, though. Yeah. I think they, they seem to have, like, ramped down production of everything else but are still doing these, obviously, the cars they make more money on. So yeah. So 6.5, et cetera. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Pleasure. Really good to talk. Lots of fun. Yeah. Um, cheers. Thanks, mate. Take care. Bye, everyone. 